This is the HuffPost Love and Sex Podcast. Each episode, we ask a single question. To find the answers, we speak with experts and listeners like you. This podcast contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. I'm Noah Michelson. And I'm Karina Kolodny. This week's question is, what are Karina's and my New Year's resolutions? Making this podcast over the past year, and yes, it has now been a year since we've been making this podcast, has taught us a ton. And we have plenty more in store for you in 2016. But we'd like to look back a little bit, share some of our favorite memories and resolutions for the year to come. Okay, Karina, let's start off with your favorite love and sex episode. What was it? That you can guess. I actually have no idea. I have I have no memory though. Like all of the recreational drugs I've done in my life, I just <laughs> I don't believe. I you. can't remember what I had for lunch today. So you have to just tell me. You really can't guess. No. The BDSM dungeon. No clitoris. Oh, clitorisy. Yeah, yes. exactly. Of course, you're such an advocate for for the clit. I mean, yes, but that... and I am now too. Yeah. After the clitorisy project, remember I got that tattoo. So when people ask you and they're like, why do you have, you're a gay man. Why do you have the word clit on your arm? What is your explanation? I talk about, and this is what we talked about in that episode, is that the clit is really the symbol sort of of pleasure. And I think pleasure and not being afraid of pleasure and finding pleasure to be not just something we should all have in our lives, but also a political thing um, and how that speaks to like the betterment of women's lives. But also if, if we were all thinking about pleasure and how important it was to our lives, we'd all be in a better place. So it's almost just like a reminder to try and have more pleasure in my life, which is maybe one of my resolutions for 2016. I feel like more orgasms would make for a more peaceful world. Like I I 100% believe that if like all these dictators and crazy people were having more orgasms, like yeah. they'd chill the fuck out. And more orgasms that weren't like policed because that's what so many of these, you know, crazy extremists, they have, they're so fucked up when it comes to sex. And so it's not like they're not having it. Right. But it's being policed and women are being policed and queer people are being policed. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think if we were all having more orgasms and they were just could just let it flow, we'd be in a much better place. So for the record, our producer just informed us that she could 100 percent guess what my favorite episode was. And I'm sure some of our audience members could, too. But now it comes to you, Noah. Yeah. What? was your favorite episode. I love all of our episodes, but I think the one that, and it was a recent one, the one about straight men who have sex with other men, I think it was one of my favorites because it really challenged the way that I think about sexuality. How so? I just, we met these men who are adamantly straight and claim to exist in in a straight world and operating in a straight world, but they're still having sex with other men. And that's that blows my mind. And I think maybe even if you if I encountered that two years ago or five years ago, I'd be like, that they're lying, they're in the closet, there's no way this is possible. And I do think, we've talked about this on the show, I think that for a lot of men who do make that claim, it is. they It's internalized homophobia. They can't come out of the closet. They're in situations where they have to stay in a straight world. But I don't think that's true for everyone anymore. And I think as, as our ideas about sexuality are evolving, it is possible to live a straight life and still have sex with other men. Um and that can be not a negative experience. So just for me to be challenged about the way that I think about sex and sexuality, it's that was exciting for me. Mm-hmm. 
So what about your personal love and sex resolutions for 2016? It's a little different for you and me because you have a boyfriend. I do. And I know he doesn't always love for you to talk about your personal life with him on the show. But do you have any resolutions that aren't going to make him, you know, throw this computer out the window when he hears this? Or at me. Or at you. (laughs) Or at you, for that matter. Because he'll be like, Noah made you do this. Um, Yeah, you know what? I will say... I am incredibly, incredibly lucky in that I have just, and Noah can attest to this, Mm -hmm. I have just one of the most amazing straight men in the world as my partner. Mm -hmm. My resolution is to put less of my energy into work Uh and more of my energy into him and not take that for granted. Literally and figuratively, maybe. <laughs> That's the point that he's going to get mad at me for elaborating on. So right. I'll just leave it with your insinuation. But I, I do think that it's really easy when you have someone who's, you know, who's wonderful or where things are working to be like, okay, that's great. Like sort of check that box and yeah. then focus on other areas of your life yeah. and not give that the credence that it's due. Yeah. I think that's a really good resolution. Yeah. I 100% approve of that. So what about you? My resolution. You know what? I had some good sex in 2015, but I think, and this is something that came up when we went to, we did the the episode on um, the witchcraft and Mm -hmm. love witchcraft. And one of the things she talked about and I sort of talked about was how I have some blocks when it comes to intimacy. So I'm a big fan of like, you know, hit it and quit it and like even like anonymous sex, things like that. And I think it's probably because I have some trouble with intimacy. So I would love to work on having more intimate encounters, whatever that means. Even if that means with someone that, you know, I do meet off of Grinder or somewhere else, but maybe like after we're done, we spend an hour and like talk about our lives or, you know what I mean? Or maybe it's less of just like meeting to hook up and maybe it's more of they spend the night or that kind of thing. But I have a question for you because we've talked about this a lot in the past. And you've always said that, like, you're at the end of the day, you're happy with where your life is. Like, you're comfortable and it's not like you're feeling like some people when they don't have that relationship or when they don't have that, you know, other person, they feel this nagging massive void. And that's never something that you've articulated to me. That's very true. And I'm not sure that I'm saying that I want to have a boyfriend. Right. If a boyfriend came along, I've been with boyfriends and I've had a great time. So I definitely like having a partner, especially like a partner in crime to go do things. And um, But for me, I think it's just more concentrating on each time I have a sexual encounter with someone, I'd like there to be some kind of exchange of intimate um, contact. So I'd like to focus more on the person that I'm with rather than just like the action or the activity that I'm involved with with them. So, like, find out what their favorite breakfast cereal is. Something like that. You know, or just learn a little bit more about them. And I think also just be more open to trying more things in general. I I have this really kind of, maybe it's sick and twisted. I don't know. I have a bucket list for, like, sex stuff. And I'm always trying to, like, cross it off. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to say what's on it because I think maybe that's too much. But, you know, like this year, oh, I I went to a jerk off club. Where you pay 25 bucks and you go in, it's actually at the um, dungeon that you went to. Paddles, New York Paddles, City. Paddles, New York New City. So oldest on, public sex dungeon. Yeah, only public sex dungeon. Exactly. On Tuesday nights, it's just men and you can only jerk off. You can't fuck. You can't suck. When I say fuck, I mean anal sex. Right. Um, it's just men. And 
They have like jars of lube around and they've got, you know, whatever. Do you have like tissue paper? They or have like, t- yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> tissues. And it was, Lysol wipes. Or- I've <laughs> never done that before. And you literally go in and they give you a hanger and you take off all your clothes except for your shoes. And you're walking around the space totally naked and people just touch you. And it was really liberating. It was terrifying in a way, especially I think just to be totally naked in public and to be seen. And um, But... You know, I made myself go do it, and it was this really kind of cool experience. I don't know if I would do it again. Right. But I'd like to have more of those kind of experiences where I'm pushing myself um, not just physically or sexually, but also in my headspace mm-hmm. and changing the way that I think about who I am and how I exist in the world. I like that. Yeah. I also like that you say, but, you know, it's not like you went there and you were like, oh, this is for me. Like, I need a punch card. I'm going to be here every Tuesday or whatever night it was. But that, like, just having the experience, even though you might not pursue it again, is worthy in and of itself. Definitely. Because how else do we find out what we like and what we don't like? Right. You know what I mean? It's that stupid thing where they're like, I'll try anything once, maybe twice. or whatever. But I think that's true. I think that I think we should all try and be more open to experiences, whatever, however you define that. Even if it's just pushing yourself a little bit, even if it's just letting someone put one finger in your butt, you know what I mean? Start small. That's a lot for some people. I know. That's we what have I'm very saying. different like spectrums of what is way out like, there. Like just a knuckle, it? you know what I mean? Like based on this past year and the people we've met and the conversations we've had, yeah. I feel like the biggest prude on the face <laughs> of the planet. Like, I feel like like I go around now and I'll, like, say something and someone will be like, that's weird. And I'm like, believe me, it's not. Like, right. believe me. Like, but how exciting is that, I think, that we met all these people and that people were willing to share their stories with us. I look back on the 24 episodes that we've done and I think, wow, we're really lucky. It's an honor, I think. Even when I think like the episode we did about um, people who are overweight looking for love and having someone sort of bare their soul on the radio and say, I can't find love or, you know, just to talk to these people and and them to allow us into their lives and let thousands or hundreds of thousands of people listen to their story. That's really cool. Yeah. No, it is an honor. And it's a privilege, too, I think, to be able to help people or be a conduit for people to share their stories and also, like, for the people out there who are listening. I mean, for example, and I'm not sure if we've mentioned this on previous episodes, but we did that adult diaper episode. And the amount of emails that we got afterwards with people saying, like, thank you so much. Yeah. Like, this is my life. Or like, I thought I was a freak or whatever else. Yeah. And it's like, you just have to hear it one time to, you know, there just has to be one conversation. Mm-hmm. Not that that totally normalizes it or it's now your life is suddenly going to be easier, but at least for people to know that they're not alone. And huge. To know that normal is not, normal is not something to aspire to. That's another thing that I've learned. Totally. I mean, I've always felt that way, but it's like, there is nothing good or gratifying mm-hmm. in normal. Yeah, it's just true. What about, what do you want to cover in, in 2016? Are there is are there things that you're dying to really get into? Yeah, you know, I mean, some of them are like fun and sillier stuff and some of them are more serious mm-hmm. things. Um, I don't know. I'm interested in, I'm interested in other things that people are interested in. I think we need more stories from our listeners too. Uh, Yeah. I think some of the most interesting things have been things that you and I and our producer, Caitlin, probably never would have thought about, Mm -hmm. but a listener wrote in and said, I'm having this problem or this is, you know, how I experience pleasure. And we were like, 
Let's okay, do it. let's run with it. So if you are listening and you have an idea, why don't you email us? It's loveandsexpodcast at huffingtonpost.com. Uh, we check that email all the time. Actually, Karina and I have a contest usually between who can answer the email first. She doesn't win. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Noah is the winner. I have a quick draw on email. Um, but yeah, you let us know if you have an idea because some of our best podcasts this year came from listeners like you. And we really appreciate all of you and all of you taking the time to listen. Every time you listen to a show, every time you share it with your friends, every time you give us five stars or four stars if you feel that's more appropriate. But, <laughs> but five stars is good, too. Um, four stars <laughs> gives us something to aspire <laughs> exactly. to. Exactly. We like the five stars. We like the five. Um, or leave a review or even just, you know, even if you don't mention the Love and Sex podcast, but you just have a, start having a conversation with someone about mm-hmm. something that you heard on it, you're helping us spread sex positivity and that is what we wanted to do from the start treat sex like any other journalistic topic Mm -hmm. and just talk about it demystify it debunk it make it something people are more comfortable with and we are only partway on our mission to doing that i think we have a lot more work to do and i'm really excited to do it yeah finally let's thank our producer caitlin bagooki who is I don't know about you, but she's sort of an icon in my mind. She is, 100%. And she cracks the whip, and she is just brilliant. And, of course, our editor, Nick Offenberg, who does everything he can to make us sound as good as he can every week. Which is sometimes challenging. Often challenging. Often challenging. Yep. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys in 2016. Can't wait. <laughs>